As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Steve Rogers is nearing the end of his mission. Having gotten himself aboard an orbiting starship and handling all the troops that might have been thrown at him, Captain America just had to launch the self-destruct sequence to save his country once again. Having reached the control room of the starship, he's surprised to see it vacant of all life forms. Shouldn't this be the most heavily guarded area of the ship? This makes no sense. It is then that the deep chill enters the room and only the sound of a respirator can be heard. I have been expecting you, Captain. Rogers turns around to see the helmeted visage of Darth Vader staring back at him, lightsaber in hand. I knew it was too easy, Rogers thought. But it's just him between me and my mission, so let's do this. It's the first Avenger versus the Dark Lord of the Sith. It's Capsicle versus Annie. Annie! It's Captain America versus Darth Vader today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Sicanus. Ray, today's matchup is an icon versus icon matchup. On one hand... You have everyone's favorite symbol of pure American superhero righteousness with Captain America. And on the other hand, we have what many believe is the ultimate movie villain of all time, Darth Vader. Why do you think this match absolutely needed to happen? When you said, I think this is the ultimate you know, heavyweight match in the history of who would win, I just thought we were finally doing the Ray versus James battle that the people have been asking for for years now. It turns out we're just doing some Star Wars guy and some uh, comic book dude. But that's fine. I think that's great. I think these two characters are iconic, and I have done all the studying. I'll be honest, I did very little studying for this one because Darth Vader really speaks for himself with the voice of James Earl Jones. You know, here's the thing. Um, you know, I, 
I actually have a little problem that I believe some of these fictional characters are real. And uh, just in our Megatron versus Godzilla battle, where I wanted to rep who I thought should be running for president right now, Megatron, uh, I didn't have a chance. Ray, you suggested, hey, let's use Darth Vader. I'm like, hey, this is great. I love it. Can't wait to rep him. You're like, yeah, that's right. I'm repping the bad guys. And uh, here I am going again against one of my you know, fictional heroes who I think sometimes is real. I might have a problem. Anyway. I think it's strange that all your fictional heroes are terrible monsters and villains. If what you, does that say about you, James? If you mean they're horribly misunderstood, oh, I see. Okay. With you know emotional turmoil, then yeah, they are actually yeah, they're horrible villains. Yeah. They're they're really they're bad monsters, people. Yeah. All right, now you can't have an iconic match without an iconic judge. So speaking of icons, making their first appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's the walking, talking superhero of Bravo's Shaws of Sunset. It's Mike Showhead. Mike, welcome to the show. The crowd goes wild. Thank you. Well, you know, Mike, I'm glad you're here. You walk in, you have the superhero walk, you got the superhero presence, you definitely got the superhero look. I'm just going to ask you a question. Are you a superhero? Dude, I I think I am one in my mind, but meeting you, bro, you're you're the superhero, honestly. If I had a dollar for every time someone from uh, the Shaws of Sunset... Thought that I was a superhero, I'd have uh, about a dollar. This is great. <laughs> no, wait a minute. If you're the superhero, w- w- what does that make me? All right, I'm, I've got a few ideas. You Mike, know what? what Never mind. Don't, don't Mike, go what do you that. think this that. makes Ray? Superhero number two. Thank you. That's excellent. All right. So basically, I'm the Batman and he's the Robin. That's what you're trying to say right yeah, now. Exactly. You Thank read my you. mind. I like this guy. <laughs> All right. So we've been hanging out at the iconic Two Bit Circus in downtown Los Angeles. Tons of VR games, video in you know to come later. Mike, what's your impression of Two Bit Circus? I'm having a great time. This place is awesome. You could play video games and drink. What can be better? I know. And you're sitting beside uh, myself and Ray. I mean, well, myself, there's really nothing more that you can ask for. I've completely made it. This is, this is it. Now, you and I were playing one game in particular, and uh, it was best out of six. You won three games very, very quickly with your uh, superior athleticism and superhero ability. And then I came from behind, won the three last matches. We're tied. You seemed a little upset that well, I actually kind of came from behind and tied up everything. To be honest with you, I had my eyes closed because I wanted you to have a chance. Well, thank you. That's very nice. That's often how I do these battles as well, so I think we have a lot in common to work with here. (laughs) Very cool. All right, now, Mike, you know, I talked to a lot of people about you coming on to the Who Would Win show, as we discussed before the show started, and what was really cool, everyone was excited. Not just women I talked to who are big fans of the show, actually big fans of yours, but a ton of guys were like, oh, yeah, Mike's coming on the show. Oh, my God, that's great. Da, da, da. And I'm not used to so many people, especially guys in L.A., saying like that they watch reality television. Everyone said they watched your show. Everyone was cool with saying it, as, I, as I'm a fan of your show as well. Why do you think people love your show so much, especially you on the show? It's very humbling to hear that. I, I, I love that. When we started the show, we didn't think that it was going to be such a massive success. But people really gravitate towards a show that is about a group of lifelong friends. Um, And the beauty of our show is that we're very authentic. We don't turn it on for the show when the cameras are rolling and then turn it off after the cameras are shouldered down. We keep it real. We give the audience, the people who watch, a good, wholesome show that has some craziness to it. But at the end of the day, people like that camaraderie, that brother and sisterhood that you see on the show. And that's why we've been on the air for eight years and our show does better year after year. And we're on more than we've been on more years than most reality shows survive. 
Absolutely. So you're saying all of the great qualities your show has are things that Ray and I should try to have camaraderie, you know, mutual respect. Well, there goes that plan. <laughs> well, well, I don't know if we're going to hit a season three, Ray, but we'll give it a shot. OK, so you, you've got massive success with Shaws of Sunset. And like anybody in L.A., you probably have other endeavors that you're working on. Tell everyone, what else have you got going on? I'm doing the show, obviously, for eight years, which is amazing. And because of the show, it's allowed me to venture out to other ventures. I'm also developing an apartment building in East Hollywood that I'm really excited about. And I have a CBD line that we just launched called Asante, which is my baby and I'm really proud of. I'm excited to hear about this East Hollywood thing because when I was fairly new to moving to Los Angeles, I lived in an apartment in East Hollywood in Little Armenia there, and it was... Horrific. It was, they come, They called it a New York-style apartment, which just means the cockroaches are 10 inches long. Ah. So what I would say is, thank you, that area definitely needs an uh, improvement as far as buildings go. Absolutely. All Actually, all our neighbors there are Armenian, but at the same time, on Saturdays, you see young hipsters riding the BMX on the street, Absolutely. doing tricks. It's wild. And when I bought the duplex originally that, that, that we tore down, when I showed it to my parents, they thought I was a complete idiot. They're like, <laughs> you want to buy this building? I'm like, yes. Development is coming this way. Mm-hmm. People are being priced out of West Hollywood. They're going to need to go east. This is the next big hub. And we are right next to one of the most iconic pizza restaurants in the world. Like, um, I forgot his name. Uh, the, 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 the quarterback from the Patriots. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Yes. When he comes to L.A., he stops at this pizza shop to eat pizza, and he's been doing it for years. And I just, I just had a feeling. I was like, this is going to be amazing. We need to buy this. And regardless of what my parents thought, which they thought I was a complete moron, I still bought it. And luckily, today, now we're developing 24 units on it. Yeah, you're going to have success with that. I can promise you that right yeah, now. Absolutely. I promise it. Absolutely. Yeah, let's see. Shaws of Sunset, eight seasons on Bravo. Massive success throughout everything you do. Social media, you know, fame. Beyond fame, I'm pretty sure and not just a, a that, really great apartment building in East Hollywood's m- not going to be a meeting problem for a you. need in a community that will appreciate it. That in itself, success. The question everyone has is: Would you allow Ray to come into one of your apartments? I got one reserved for you, Ray. Thank you, thank yes. you. I need I need a crash pad for when James, you know, leaves me at the side of the road after recording. So this is excellent. I can just take a quick lift over to my new digs in East Hollywood. I'm a fan. It's great because normally, you know, it's not going to be that hard to upgrade from that big box he lives in with the uh, air holes. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great thing. Yeah, I say lift. I was just meaning hitchhiking on an ice cream truck. Fair enough. All right. Now, with that being said, it really is about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing the Marvel Universe, the hero that's tougher than a Jeep, more flexible than a slinky and more durable than Tupperware. And yes, I used only 1940s references so Steve Rogers would understand them. Captain America. And representing the Star Wars universe, the Sith Lord who coined the phrase, who's your daddy? Darth Vader. Well done right now. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a who would win matchup. 
Now, rule number one, each debater will be able to make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with neither combatant necessarily knowing anything about their opponent or having any time to prepare for it. Rule number three, the exact version of the character has to be specifically stated. Now, Ray, what version of Darth Vader? I, I know which version you're using. What version are you using, Ray? Well, we're going to be using the cinematic version of Darth Vader, but I would refer to this as the canon version of Darth Vader. So there's a lot of extra materials out there that are not considered canon a lot of the Timothy Zahn books and all this other fan fiction as it turns out it was. But there are comic books, there are cartoon series, there are movies. They all tie in as canon to the same character. So I'm going to stick mostly to the movies, but there will be a little bit of the other stuff popping in from here and there. I don't want to pretend it won't. All right, cool. Uh, thanks for asking, Ray. I'll be using the Captain America from the uh, regular comic book uh, universe, the 616 Marvel Universe. All right. Cool. Rule number four, the winner of the who would win debate is whomever the judge decides has the best ability to incapacitate their opponent to the degree where they can safely walk away with no further threat being present. This includes completely destroying their opponent, removing them from the field of battle, restraining them, or knocking them out. The who would win battles are not necessarily death matches. Rule number five, the judge, that's you, can disallow or veto a point made by one of the debaters if they feel it goes outside of the scope of the battle or is irrelevant to the fight. And rule number six, each debater must use examples of powers, abilities, or weapons that are a part of the specific character continuity. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our companions. Today's tale of the tape is brought to you by Who Would Win t-shirts. Accept no imitations. Find the official Who Would Win shirts on Amazon by typing in hashtag Who Would Win. Ray, please give us the details on Darth Vader. Darth Vader. 
is the greatest movie villain of all time. He was created by George Lucas and first appeared in the movie Star Wars Episode IV, A New Hope, in 1977. Anakin Skywalker was a youth who was so imbued with force power that not only did his midichlorian count go through the roof, they stopped ever mentioning midichlorians again once he was tested. Okay, I could go into a deep explanation of Darth Vader here, but I mean, like, you know who Darth Vader is. He's got an impressive wardrobe, force powers, and he's a spiritual leader of the evil galactic empire. Let's face it, Darth Vader is such a big deal that they went back and made three more movies just to follow him when he was a baby and a teenager. That's a big deal. Fun fact, Darth Vader is so epic and prolific, they might as well just mark him officially as the number one villain of all time. Oh wait, they have. In fact, them is IGN, Empire Online, USA Today, Ranker, and The Hollywood Reporter. But did you know that the AFI's 100 Years 100 Villains only had him listed third? I know, that's crazy. Somehow, the American Film Institute had two other characters ranked above him somehow. For those wondering at home, those two villains were Hannibal Lecter and Norman Bates, and that's Darth Vader. So if Norman Bates and Hannibal Lecter were in the same room as Darth Vader... They would both a, be dead I'm thinking that's, you know, yeah. that's pretty much a thing. All right, well done, Ray. Here are the details for Captain America. Now, Captain America, a.k.a. Steve Rogers, was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby and first appeared in Captain America Comics number one way back in March of 1941. Steve Rogers was born on July 4th because, of course, he was, 1922, mm -hmm. to poor Irish immigrant parents, Sarah and Joseph Rogers. Rogers grew up a frail youth during the Great Depression in New York City. Little else is known about his early life other than the fact that a strong sense of duty, honor, and humility was instilled in him. Rogers' father died when he was a child, and his mother died from pneumonia later when he was in his late teens. Disturbed by the devastation of Europe by the Nazis, Rogers attempts to enlist, but is rejected to his frail body. His resolution attracts the notice of U.S. Army General Chester Phillips and Project Rebirth. Rogers is used as a test subject for the Super Soldier Serum, and of course, the serum is a success and transforms Steve Rogers into a nearly perfect human being with peak strength, agility, stamina, and intelligence. Falling into suspended animation after a battle with the Red Skull, Captain America is revived and becomes a member of the Avengers. Since then, he's become an iconic hero who has become respected throughout the Marvel Universe for his willpower, fighting ability, leadership, and iconic presence, like our Judge Mike Shoet. And Basically the same person. The exact same thing. Exact same thing. <laughs> and here's an interesting fact about Captain America. Did you know that the super serum enhanced his body and his personality traits as well? It's true. The serum, once given to someone, would make their bad traits worse, worse and good ones better, which is why it was so important to pick a person who was inherently good to take the original super soldier serum that Steve Rogers did. This is probably why Steve is so willing to sacrifice himself over and over and do anything to save people. This is also probably why he's known to be so stubborn at times and has a hard time seeing things other than black and white and now you have the facts on both opponents mike do you have any questions before we get started very thorough i have no questions yeah very cool all right ray go ahead and give us your point number one point number one for darth vader i can't believe we're doing this james this is exciting isn't it darth vader i'm just going to talk about some of the training that he's received as well as some of the basic feats that he has accomplished starting with the training because it's one thing to be a force user in the star wars universe force users are a dime a dozen you know they they're maybe not so much anymore what with the last jedi happening and showing us there was one basically not to mention all the others but you get the point Back when Darth Vader was really peak Darth Vader, there were Jedi and there were Force users all over the place, especially during the time of the Clone Wars and, and, and that general uh, frame of reference. So the fact that he got training for two of, from two of the greatest 
minds, greatest teachers in all of forcedom, if that's a word, in Obi-Wan Kenobi, who trained him in the prequel movies, we'll always remember, played by, uh, astoundingly by Ewan McGregor doing a fine Alec Guinness impression. Obi-Wan Kenobi took him under his wing despite the fact that the uh, Jedi Council said, do not train this boy, it will be a terrible idea. And it was because he ended up killing them all, basically, with the Order 66 and all that have you. Was that him? I don't even know anymore. That's fine. That was but, Emperor oh, Palpatine, I believe. Yeah, but that's fine. Because Emperor Palpatine happened to be the second trainer, Emperor Palpatine. So, otherwise known as Darth Sidious, he is known as the greatest Sith user in the entire world. Now, Snoke came later on in some of the newer movies that have come with Ray and Finn and all that crowd. And he's supposed to be an even greater, even though he wasn't necessarily a force guy, he could train really, really well. Like those who can do, those who cannot teach. If we're familiar with that famed axiom, that was Snoke. But anyway, Darth Sidious and Obi-Wan Kenobi being the two people who trained you means that one, you're going to get a lot of light side training and you're going to get a lot of really heavy dark side training from the freaking emperor who can shoot electricity out of his fingers. So from Obi-Wan Kenobi, he learned how to be a great duelist, which means that with his lightsaber and fighting one-on-one -on -one against another opponent, he is going to win. He is going to win all the time. He beat Luke Skywalker when he was a rookie. He beat Luke Skywalker when he was in intermediate. And it finally took Luke Skywalker to be at the height of his powers and Darth Vader being clearly past his prime before he finally lost a step and then lost that battle to Luke in part because he wanted to. So you, you got to figure, like, the only reason he actually lost to one of the greatest warriors of the Star Wars universe is sort of because it was time to, you know? Not because he, was, he couldn't have won that battle. He probably could have gotten real dirty. He probably could have won it. He just chose not to. So let's talk a little bit now about some of the feats that he has accomplished. So uh, among other the things, I've been really just kind of dug a little bit to kind of find some unique stuff because we all know about the basic stuff that he's done. Like when Han Solo, you know, kind of reached, pulled a gun on him and he used his force to just yank the pistol out of his hand. That's fine. And we'll get to that more in point number two or point number three or whenever I feel like it. So at one point, a Jedi attacked in uh, the Clone Wars cartoons, a Jedi attacked Darth Vader and actually got a shot at him with a lightsaber to the head. She hit him in the head with a lightsaber, which usually means you no longer have a head, at least in a complete form. However, he was able to bounce the lightsaber off of his head using, I guess, force powers, toughness, and great armor to the point where if a lightsaber hits you in the head and really nothing happens, what the heck is Captain America going to do to you at that point with punches, kicks, and a shield? The other things here is he often solos entire groups of rebels. We saw that during the Rogue One movie, where at the end of that movie, he just walked down a corridor, a freaking, what, 10 foot wide corridor with people shooting at him over and over again. And he just wailed on every single one of them as if they weren't even there. Additionally, there's a character, not a character, there's a monster in the Star Wars universe found in the comics called the Lilac, which is sort of like a Starship Troopers kind of a, if you can picture that kind of an alien with all the legs and the claws and the pinchers and then the, the tails. Well, he was impaled by one. One actually took that big stinger that they have. If you can picture like a 20 foot monster pop popping you with a stinger. He took it. It went through his armor, which is already impressive. And we'll get into that a little bit more in point number two, but the stinger stopped short of his body. Like it went through the armor, but did not pierce the body. So again, I ask the question, if you have Starship Troopers style aliens piercing you through your armor, which is impressive, and it still can't pierce your skin, which means that your skin is clearly tougher than your armor. Holy crap. What are we even talking about right here? 
I know James will have an answer to this question, but what the heck is Captain America going to do against somebody who can accomplish all of this and has been trained so well with so many great powers? That's my point number one. All right. First of all, that was a long point number one. I honestly feel it was too short. It was too I short. could have gone on longer, James. I don't feel like you're doing justice to Darth Vader. When I go home and I pretend to talk to him as if he's real, which we all know I will do. No, he's real. Film at 11. I will be uh, pretty sure he's telling me that that wasn't representing him very well. I'll say that you're mistaken in a couple of your points. It's not that his skin, I mean, sure, he got burnt. I remember the last prequel, you know, Mustafar and the lava kind of got to him. So he's kind of crispy on the inside. I don't think that's really stopping, uh, you know, something coming through. It's it's his armor that's really doing the trick for him. Um, Except for the fact that in this particular case and through that comic book, it pierced the armor, didn't pierce him. One happened and not the other. So it's literally the exact opposite of what you're talking about right now. You know what? I'm just going to go to my point number one, and, and all will become clear, Mike. Now, my point's a little bit shorter. I hope you don't mind. I point mind. number one, I'm just going to call this powers, abilities, and the shield. Here we go. All right. So let me just explain what Captain America has going for him. Let's talk about his powers or his enhancements, if you will. Okay, he's got super speed and can run up to 60 miles per hour. He has super endurance, can fight for days on end, literally days on end. He has a much higher level of durability than a human and can take explosions, falls from great heights, as well as punches and kicks from superhumans like the Hulk and Thor and keep on fighting. He has super strength and super agility, slightly lower than Spider-Man's, but still pretty high level. He also can process information much faster than a regular person. This is my, my, one of my favorite Captain America quotes. So someone's looking at him, they're, they're amazed, like, wow, how did you dodge all those bullets? And he's like, yeah, I just can, you know, see faster. And everyone's like, what does that even mean, see faster? Which just means he can process information much, much faster than a regular person. His reaction time is that someone can shoot a bullet at him. He can see they shot the bullet. He can process, oh, here comes a bullet, and get out of the way. That's how fast and how good his reaction times are. On top of all that, Captain America is the world's greatest fighter in the Marvel Universe. He knows dozens upon dozens of combat styles at a master's level. He's also a super acrobat, master tactician, and one of the greatest strategists and military minds the world has ever known. Oh, but there's more. See, Cap's uniform, this is what people don't get, is fire-resistant and bulletproof, covers him in a lightweight, uh, kind of cool, very durable protective shell that most of his enemies don't even know he has. They think he's all about the shield. He's actually got armor that he wears all the time. And finally, there's the shield. Here we go. Last point. The shield is made out of what's called proto-adamantium. Adamantium in the Marvel movies is the most durable, strongest substance, right? Proto-adamantium is actually one step above. So it's proto-adamantium with vibranium from Wakanda, or from some other spot, but the same kind of vibranium from Wakanda mixed together. Replicate. No one can replicate it. It's got this cool formula. It's aerodynamically sand, which means he can throw it like a boomerang. And his super enhanced senses allows him to use it as effectively as a weapon as well as a defensive tool, right? He says it's as part of, much as part of him as his arm is. When it comes down to it, there actually may be no better suited opponent to take on Darth Vader than Captain America because when you think about the best Jedi out there, the, the, the most powerful Jedi, what do they have in common? Take out the telekinesis. They have the enhanced speed. Someone has enhanced agility. Someone has kind of enhanced strength. Captain America has all of the best, most powerful traits of the most powerful Jedi warriors all rolled into one character. That's my point number one. There's a lot to take in right there. Now, you talk about all the Jedis have the enhanced strength or the enhanced speed or the enhanced durability. Then you roll them all up into one and you get 
You get Darth Vader. That's what you get right there. You pretend like you got Captain America, but Darth Vader has super strength, super speed, super endurance. I mean, he's half basically robot at this point, and the rest is very, very, very tough, like that that tough nut in the inside of a peanut M&M. That's just wonderful. You got the candy coating. I love peanut m and I'm just hungry for peanut M&Ms is really what I'm trying to say right now. The other thing I would say right here is... You talk about his armor, and his armor is very, very impressive in the Marvel Universe. But when, how many times have we seen it take a lightsaber shot? Do we really think something, something that's bulletproof? So if I have a Kevlar vest right now, and Darth Vader walks into the room and hits me with the Kevlar vest, do you think I'm going to be like, ha Darth Vader, I got Kevlar on. You can't hurt me with your lightsaber. No, we do not think that because it is a lie. So let me ask you a question. Would Darth Vader, I don't know, use the force to throw Captain America against a wall? Just wondering, would he ever do that? Um, among other things, Oh, sure. interesting. I'm just wondering if his armor would protect him against that. Oh, yeah, that's right. It would. Would, um, let's see. Does Darth Vader have a slight uh, asthma problem? Does he have a slight asthma problem? Yes. I mean, he has a respirator as oh, part of his kit. Yes. Interesting. Just going to bring that up later as a kind of an interesting point. See, I'm going to reveal a little something. His armor doesn't actually enhance him as much as we all think. I also did some research. And, uh, and, and obvious, obviously not. But let's hear what our judge has to say right now. Do you have any points about questions or points on point number one from either of us? This is a toss-up, man. You guys are making some very valid points. I sure this am. Is, this is both of you, actually. Oh, I know. Darth Vader talking about the the the, the, the lightsaber and how it went through, and then and then you talking about with Captain America fighting for days, but still that can't beat his lightsaber. I mean, can 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 your yeah. can your protective shield protect you against? The, the, the lightsaber. I'd, it can. Saber or saber? Saber. Saber. It can. I'll explain why. Okay, so, please. again, this is why right my now, wife... I'm, I'm torn. No, these are great I'm questions. Torn. This is why my wife is uh, so uh, happy, I'm using air quotes, that I'm so into this kind of stuff, because I did some more research. A lightsaber, evidently, is... Um, I'm, you're going to really love this now. It's a plasma coil, right? Which means, and it's conducted heat. So all the heat is within the coil itself. That's why you can bring... They depict it where you can bring your hand to it right up close. And as long as you don't touch it, you're fine. The heat inside goes up to 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. The shield, now the, I do think the lightsaber can go through his armor, but I don't think it's going to do so. anything to his shield because Captain America has taken much stronger, you know, at one point uh, in, in, a, in a battle against this character called Ultron, the human torch was there from the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I'm doing this, Mike. You're looking at me. I'm telling you, I'm going there. And Captain America's there with a shield, and the human torch is like, um, okay, what do we do against Ultron? And Captain America says, let loose with your Nova Blast. It's hotter than the sun. It's everything. Maybe they'll do something to his circuitry. He's like, oh, but something will happen. He's like, no, no, I'm behind my shield. I don't know how that works. Sure enough, he lets loose. Ultron collapses. His circuitry is screwed up. The shield's fine. Captain America's fine. That was way hotter than any lightsaber. So I would say his shield would be fine against a lightsaber. And I think that's a very valid point. In fact, it's a point I will even concede to James Gavsey. If the lightsaber hits the shield only, then the lightsaber would be blocked by the shield for at least that one blow. But we'll talk about that a little bit later and why that doesn't matter. Well, let's hear, let's hear your uh, point number two. Point number two. And, you know, you said you had some negative things to say about Darth Vader's uh, wardrobe. Well, I'd like to say some positive thing about the gear in Darth Vader's wardrobe and what he brings to the table as far as that goes. Because he, you, you, we know the iconic costume with the cape and the, the fancy helmet and the really cool black uh, all ensemble. He is the most B.A. looking dude in the history of movies. That's why he's number one on all of these lists as mentioned previously but let's talk a little bit about what his suit does that it's, it's explored a little bit more in the comic books that are canon uh, and a little bit in the movies as well 
one of the things is he has a little set of injections. Are you familiar with a, a comic book villain named Bane who mm, fought Batman? Yes. He wears those tubes and then the, the he has the venom that pumps into him. Darth Vader's suit is imbued with certain injectables that allow him for some reason, and I didn't get a full deep explanation because it didn't really make a lot of sense, but he can get injected with more Sith power at, at a will, at a whim, anytime he wants to because that's embedded into his suit. So when you think of Darth Vader, you already think of somebody who's super strong, super fast, super dark. Durable, but in addition to all of that, he now has that Bane power where he can actually get stronger if he ends up fighting somebody like a Captain America where he's going to need that little extra edge to take him over the top. Another thing that I thought was really interesting is the fact that Darth Vader's boots are magnetic, which means that if they find themselves fighting on some sort of a, a metallic surface, like, I don't know, a spaceship, uh, then what... Darth Vader can do is if he gets hit by something very, very strong, he can lock himself down on the ground and not fly out, fly into things. So you talk about will Captain America get thrown into a wall and will that hurt and will his armor protect him? Yes, to all of the above. Will Darth Vader get thrown into a wall? Probably not because he's got hard locking magnetic boots that will prevent him from getting thrown by Captain America. A very, very popular move in Captain America's repertoire is to use his leverage and his strength to do some wicked throws that will not work in this case. Additionally, on top of the armor, he's got the helmet, which gives him a visor, which allows him infrared and night vision, which is also not often explored in the movies. This way, if the lights go out or if Darth Vader makes the lights go out with his force powers, Captain America is going to be a little bit stuck because he can't necessarily see in the dark, to my knowledge, but Darth Vader can. So all of a sudden we've got boxes and we have things falling off the wall and pipes just getting thrown at Captain America in the dark and Darth Vader's fighting perfectly fine, but Captain America is not. The last thing I want to mention right here is his, his glove, because his glove itself is Mandalorian. Did you know that? Because I just found this out. This is a very exciting thing. Wow. It's called the Mandalorian Crush Gaunt, and his right glove enhances his already impressive, like, uh, force-infused strength, because he's already super strong. We've seen him a million times grab a dude by the neck or by the lapel, and then lift him up in the air with one hand and hold him up there for as long as he needs to. That's called pulling a James Gapsy. Yeah, we were familiar. I, I, heard a fam I heard a rumor, yeah. yeah. Well, he's got the Mandalorian Crush Gaunt, which allows him to do things like crush blasters in his hands, crush uh, communicators in his hands, anything that he's holding in that right hand, a windpipe, for example, he has that extra power to crush it with Mandalorian tech, which is absolutely very, very powerful. We've talked before in the Mandalorian episode about the Beskar armor and how it's some of the best in the galaxy, which means that the Crush Gaunt will crush you. There's a side story that happens when Darth Vader gets his hand cut off where another character finds the Crush Gaunt and goes on a spree, basically, because he now has one of the greatest you know, weapons of uh, armor weapons in the entire game. So all that and more, you can see all Darth Vader really has to do is get a hand on Captain America and it's lights out for good. He's either going to knock him unconscious or he's going to choke him with just his bare hands alone. That in itself, Captain America at the end of the day is just a man. He's just an enhanced man, but he's just a man. And that's my point number two. You know, I, I got to wonder, okay, Star Wars universe, they have force fields. They have light speed travel and going to hyperspace. They can have all this, ro you know, android, robotic tech. They can clone people. You know, I got to wonder why we're marveling at Darth Vader's magnetic boots. 
Because not you know, everybody I, in the universe has those. I know, they're expensive. They're, they're very expensive. Sale. And uh, yeah. You don't get those at Costco. You don't. You don't. Um, space Costco, maybe, but not maybe Costco. Space Costco. Yeah, possibly. I just joined Costco last week. This is why it's fresh in my mind. I, I did, it means nothing to the battle. I just wanted to brag a little bit. Fantastic. Congratulations on affording that $35 a year, man. That's great. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, but seriously, why, why does he only have like really cool? Hey, look, I have night vision in my helmet. Really? You don't have like crazy Iron Man visor stuff happening. You don't have, uh, oh, I don't know, an ability to kind of see through different layers of the, the structure. He doesn't even have really great tele, like um, communications devices, even in his armor. And I right? say it's he doesn't because even have like a radio. There's no this, radio ray in the in Star his Wars unit. Well, he doesn't need it. He talks to people through the sky. But uh, uh, in the Star Wars universe, it is a low tech world with high tech results. If you ever see like the the, the keyboards and the, that they have in the Death Star, it's it's like it's like push button kind of stuff. It's like eight buttons and somehow and none of them are marked. And yet we can use that to blow up a planet. It's kind of like NASA back in the 1960s, having barely any computing power at all, but still getting a person on the moon. Low tech, high tech results. Really low tech. They're flying huge world shaped planets at light speed. That sounds very low it's tech. It's basically until you when we had the Darth uh, or I'm sorry, the Death Star versus Unicron battle. Uh, it's basically like an Airbus the Death Star is basically an Airbus with a big gun on it. That's all it is. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me get to my point number two. Mike, you're going to see where I'm going with this. Because, like, you know, Mike, uh, you know, uh, Ray approaches these fights in a really cool way. Very cool, like, pro wrestling, almost like a pro wrestling manager type of way with a microphone and talking about Brock Lesnar. I look at this as if I'm cornering a cage fighter. And I got to kind of see what they've done wrong or where things, where the openings are. And I found one with Darth Vader. And I hate myself. For, for doing this. Here we go. Let's find it. All right, so we all know the story. Darth Vader on Mustafar again. He attacks Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan's like, don't do it. I've got the high ground. You know, Obi-Wan, uh, Anakin flips over, kind of technically having the higher ground at that moment, but it doesn't matter. And Obi-Wan cuts off his legs. He hits the, on Anakin hits the ground, gets lit on fire because of the lava. Obi-Wan's like, you were the chosen one. Da, 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 da. You were my brother, and um, I don't care about you. I'm leaving. So he goes, right? Emperor Palpatine comes grabs him, doesn't even heal him, doesn't clone his body and put his mind into a new body, which is interesting because, you know, the Clone Wars, they have the technology to make billions of clones. They didn't clone his body and put his mind into it. That's interesting because they could have, but he didn't, right? And he gave him, like, a severe asthma problem as well because he needs the respirator, right? Also, the armor's really heavy and bulky. He actually can't move nearly as well as he could when he was, you know, more human-esque as Anakin Skywalker. So I had to ask myself, why, with this person who has all this freakishly advanced technology, even for the Star Wars universe, why they wouldn't give Darth Vader all of this cool stuff? I figured it out. Because Emperor Palpatine didn't want to make Darth Vader too powerful, too big of a threat. He wanted to always be able to control him, if not psychologically, at least with some physicality as well. So all of a sudden I discovered Darth Vader has a whole bunch of pretty blatant design flaws. Pretty ridiculous, right? This is my research. Okay. So again, the iconic Darth Vader breathing, that's the respirator built into the suit. His lack of movement and agility that he had while as Anakin, also due to the weight and structure of the suit. Can Vader shoot force lightning from his hands like the Sith can? Nope, he can't. Why? Because of the restrictions of his suit. So why does uh, he have all these limitations during this crazy thing? Again, it's because Emperor Palpatine didn't want him getting too powerful. Now, what does this have to do with Captain America? How does it help him? 
Well, remember how Captain America can see faster and process information at quicker speeds and come up with a plan almost instantaneously against the Hulk, Thor, and even more powerful characters? What would Captain America come up with as a plan against someone who had restricted movement, breathing problems, and was weighed down by like this crazy visor? He'd use distractions with his shield and elusive movements and agility. He'd smash Vader's chest controls that regulate his breathing. Once that's done, Vader will have to use the Force, and this is a fact, if his breathing mechanism on his chest gets broken, he uses the Force, all of his Force capability, to keep himself alive. All of a sudden, he doesn't have any more Force capability to use anywhere else, because if he does, he can't breathe. Now, this was actually demonstrated in uh, another kind of like similar show we have. It's called Super Powered Beatdown. They do these hypothetical battles of Vader versus Batman. Batman right away, right away sees Vader's got this, you know, crazy thing on his chest, buttons and everything exposed. Why is that on the inside, by the way? Why? Emperor Palpatine can use it. So what does Batman do? Hits it right away with an explosive batarang. All of a sudden, Darth Vader has no more force powers, and now it's, he's got to fight him more regular, you know, cybernetic human versus Batman. That's about it. Someone with blatant design flaws against one of the greatest tacticians and strategists in the Marvel Universe is going to have a ton of openings that they'll be able to take advantage of that we've already kind of seen. That's my point number two. And you're, you're pretending a whole lot of things right now, and I appreciate you for that because a lot of that is pure nonsense. You say, oh, man, what a weakness that he has to breathe air. Like 99% of the people on this show that we've ever done don't need to breathe air. Yes, he is a living creature, James. He needs oxygen to survive, much like Captain America does. Force choke? We'll get into that in just a little bit. Now, the point about the Emperor Palpatine needing to be more powerful than Darth Vader, I actually agree with that a thousand percent. In doing my research, I found out that Darth Sidious specifically tried to keep Darth Vader at 80% of his total power at all times because he was afraid if he got higher than 80% that he couldn't like take him out anymore if he needed to, and he wanted to be the one in charge, not Darth Vader. He wanted Darth Vader to be the one working for him, which isn't going to happen if Darth Vader's more powerful. Now, all that being said, it didn't stop a defeated, a beat down and past his prime Darth Vader from grabbing Emperor Palpatine and throwing him off of a balcony at the end of Return of the Jedi, did it? So at the end of the day, even at his absolute lowest, he had what it took to defeat the biggest Sith user in the universe. So you can yeah. beat him down as much as you want to. He'll have enough left for that one last attack to get it done. So it was really interesting. I would have gone with that, except in The Rise of Skywalker, it turns out this was all part of Emperor Palpatine's very long-term and highly unexpected plan, where he was like, yeah, cool, I got thrown off, but it was all like to create you know, the ongoing... Yeah. 80-year plan yeah. for where Ray will be now come up to me and try to take me on, who's my now my granddaughter, and she'll now... You, you know what that's all about? That's like if like you get fired from like your dream job, right? And then you kind of kick around for 80 years until you finally find yourself doing something good again, and you go, this was my plan the whole time. No, it wasn't. You screwed up, and now you're lying about it after Ray, the fact. Ray's just upset he got fired from Burger King because he felt if you put a crown on top of him, he's the Burger King. I brought in like, a real crown, and they were not as amused as I thought they should be. Well, no one's asked you to do it, Ray. You can't just walk in and be like, this is now my restaurant. Look, I'm the Burger King. I I'm take initiative, the- James. That's what I do. Fair enough. We're at the turning point, Mike. This is where you tell us who you think is ahead and what the other opponent has to do to pull out a victory. You guys have made some very valid points here. I, I, I had to just... I personally feel a good defense in MMA is 
actually a really good offense, right? So with his crushing ability, what happens if he grabs your shield and crushes it? You really don't have much of a, of a defense. Here's the thing, the shield actually, the only people to even be able to damage the shield were like super, like people who could warp reality, like a Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So like Magneto from the X-Men, Oh right, yeah. yeah, he can't crush it. He can like, right, he can't crush it. He can like maybe stop it in air, but he can't damage it. It is that powerful. Now, there's no powerful shield. Vader. No, the shield is the yeah. best thing a Captain America has going for him. I say that on purpose because of what I'm about to do in point number three. Fair enough. Well, let me let me please. So, so, so then, yes, please. So in this case, then I I had this last round where Dorth was winning over Captain America, but I have to switch that up. So, um, you guys are tied. First round, I had Dorth winning. Sure. Second round, Captain America. So this third round will kind of dictate who wins the uh, the fight here. You know, Ray, it's, it's almost like we, we somehow pre-planned this for where we The crazy thing is we don't. I know, I know. We, this is, seriously, we everyone, just try to put the matchups together. We've been accused of like trying to fix it. We don't. This is like, we, we have great arguments and we always seem to be tied at the turning point. Right. You guys, it happens more often than not. Part. Yeah, yeah. You guys' geekdom level is at an all-time high. This is amazing. <laughs> I am learning stuff that I never even really cared about but right, now, right, right, right. I am I am in like awe of what you guys have dug up can you imagine the education now that you can bring to Shaws of Sunset like Dude. I'm picturing there's gonna be a Comic-Con episode absolutely like, I cannot wait to get home and talk to Reza about Darth Vader and Captain America which I think he probably has some some tidy whities with Captain America on it if I if yeah. I had to guess so now, great visual, by the way. Great visual. Now, like, um, okay, that's the backstory. That's awesome. I love right. it. With that being said, Ray, it is with point number three. Point number three, I've been sandbagging because I'm so happy to hear that we're tied right now yes, because sir. I'm about to just take this the distance and Yay. dominate Captain America all the way to the finish line because I haven't even brought up, really, the force powers or the lightsaber because outside of the force allowing him super strength, super speed, super endurance on par with Captain America, based on some of the research I did, he's actually slightly ahead of him on the strength and the speed, but it's close enough that I'm willing to say that's at least a push. So let's talk about the things that Darth Vader could do that Captain America does not have an answer for. I believe Captain America has all of his power in that shield. He's going to need to get that shield on high degree in order to get this win. What is the big thing that Darth Vader does? It's telekinesis. So the first time Captain America tries to throw that shield at Darth Vader, he uses the force power to what? Hold it in the air and then throw it. Throw it away. Throw it away from the battlefield. Throw it away from where Captain America can do it. Uh, we've seen in other um, Star Wars movies where objects such as crates have been picked up and thrown with the power of the mind. Uh, bullets have been pulled out of midair and then frozen by Kylo Ren did it, but that's no reason why Darth Vader couldn't also pull the same feat. Let's keep it real. So that anytime he wants to, he disarmed Han Solo's blaster and Han Solo's got a good grip on that thing. So what I would say is Darth Vader uses his powers of the force to either yank the shield away from Captain America or stop it in midair when Captain America goes to throw it and he just removes it from the battlefield completely. With no shield, now suddenly the lightsaber means he has no defense against it and Captain America's going to get ripped up. You argue that Captain America could try to get close and punch the respirator and what have you. How is he possibly going to do that against somebody equally fast, equally strong, equally as well-trained, if not better in Darth Vader's case, but also with a lightsaber as a potential defensive weapon? If Captain America's sitting here with nothing because his shield's been taken away from him and Darth Vader has a lightsaber, I don't see how Captain America has any chance in this battle whatsoever. But I'm not not done there because the big other move that Darth Vader's known for is the force choke. 
he reaches out with his hand or just sort of thinks about somebody. I believe he did that in Rogue One. He didn't even necessarily use his hands for that. And the guy just can't breathe anymore. Remember when I said characters need oxygen and air to survive because they are human? It's true in the case of the respirator. It's also true in the case of Steve Rogers. So all he has to do is force choke him, a move that Captain America has no defense for whatsoever. The second Darth Vader, even if, if he gets hit a little bit or like he, Captain America gets a shot in on him, all Darth Vader has to do is say, this battle is over. I'm going to force choke you. I'm going to drop you to your knees and I'm either going to kill you with the lightsaber or I'm just going to knock you unconscious, even at its bare minimum, and win the who would win battle through an unconscious knockout, uh, the, the two-minute the two rule. But let's talk about a little bit of the other things that Darth Vader has going, because he has telepathy and precognition as a result of the Force. There's a moment in the comic books when Chewbacca, big name, he's shooting a sniper rifle. He gets the clearance to take a shot at Darth Vader from a distance with a sniper rifle, and Darth Vader does not know it's coming. As the bullet is fired and shooting at him from a great distance away, Darth Vader suddenly gets that kind of spider sense like Spider-Man does, and he goes, there's something coming, turns and lightsabers the bullet out of the air before it has a chance to hit him. So Captain America can't get the jump on him either. So the element of surprise is going to be taken out of this battle. Not just that, but he can block shots. Supposing Captain America pulls out a gun and tries to shoot him. Darth Vader has the force barrier that he can just put up, which is protected in the comic books where the whole bunch of debris and rocks from a crushing building were falling down. He just put up a little barrier and blocked all of them from even hurting him. Not to mention that he can use his lightsaber to knock the bullets out of the air. He's done that before with blaster shots that were fired at him by a whole bunch bunch of different people. What is Captain America possibly going to do against somebody who can disarm him quickly, force choke him with no problem whatsoever with no defense, and even if he doesn't do that, there's a host of other abilities you could beat him with, even if he didn't use point A or point B. That is my point number three. Or as I like to call it, the knockout. Wow, at some point number three. Let me see if I can counter some of this. Oh yeah, I can, by the way. All right, here we go. First of all, can Darth Vader use high-level telekinesis against two major things at once? Two major things at once? I'll be honest, I think he can. No, I think we've cannot. seen in the Star Wars uh, a battle in Return of the Jedi, he's taking all kinds of pipes and stuff around and throwing them at Luke Skywalker. It's one, so it's actually an interesting point brought up. So what he's doing in there is he's just using the Force to like throw stuff. Remember the game you and I just played, Mike? And we just took up a whole bunch of balls, threw them at the wall. That's like the equivalent of what he did there, which is still impressive. Yeah, because Luke Skywalker on Dagobah picked up a whole bunch of rocks at the same time. So right. the force isn't limited to just one item. That's right. So he's like a uh, you know a tractor trailer and like a shovel, which is really comprehensive. It's maybe the worst I, use I of his powers. I remember beat Captain America with a shovel. That never happened either. Okay, so here's the thing. He can use that high-level telekinesis, right, in one way against a strong opponent or against a heavy, a heavy item, like, but it's got to take all of his force focus, if you will, to do it. Can he do it against two things at the same time? No, he cannot, right? Or at least it's not proven absolutely he can. So just keep that in mind. Is um, he going to throw two shields at him? What am I missing here? Oh, you'll see. Don't, you got this. Uh, also, and for the record, he can because he was able to communicate and, and uh, use his telepathy with Luke Skywalker at the same time throwing blocks at him. So this is nonsense. Really? He's talking, so, but uh, wait, I'll go wait, ahead. So and telepathy going. is a form of telekinesis. It's a, it's a force power. It's a force power. I didn't ask that. I didn't say he could use two different force powers. I said, can he use high level see how he's changing his argument now. In two separate things. Anyway, right? get to your point number three, James. It's like James. chewing gum and talking, Ray. Can you really? do both? No, you can't. Here we go. I can barely do either. Now, by the way, blaster fire, it's been also, when they did the math, the geek math in Star Wars, moves way slower than actually bullets do. They did the kind of same speed analysis, whatever. Someone's shooting a gun, the bullet moves way faster. I do think Darth Vader could stop it, though. All right. 
So let me get to my point number three. Ray, I love your points. You should. They're great. But this is where things get real interesting. Let's talk about who Captain America has fought and beaten, shall we? All right, here we go. In the 40s, Captain America took on and beat the most evil entity in the universe. That's right. He beat Race to Canis. I'm kidding. He beat Satan. He actually beat Satan in a comic book. He beat up the devil and won. Of course, that's the 1940s. I'll move on. In recent years, he's taken on and has wins against the Hulk and Thor. Even in fights against those two when he has lost, which he has, he was still competitive in all the fights, sometimes even getting the advantage at different times. In a DC and Marvel crossover event, he made Batman, in just a really quick encounter, stand down and give up. He made Batman do that. And many people consider that a win. And unlike Batman, by the way, Captain America is open to the idea of using extreme force to kill his opponents if he sees it as necessary. So he's not holding back. Just keep that in mind. Okay, but there's one opponent Captain America has beaten that has a lot in common with Darth Vader, and that's Iron Man. Mm. There we go. It wasn't through force or of, of sheer will or superior strength. No, it was quickly understanding the deficiencies Iron Man had, as well as turning Iron Man's supposed strengths into his weaknesses. In one of their recent encounters, Captain America beat Iron Man by simply taking out the AI in Iron Man's armor. That's it. So Iron Man still had all this tech, all of the super strength, all the weaponry, still all the computer components and software in it. He just didn't have the AI, right? So by taking away Iron Man's ability to analyze Captain America, Captain America using like data correlated from past encounters, Captain America was able to beat him. That was the only thing Captain America did. He realized, if I just take out Iron Man's AI so he can't use past information about me to his advantage, I'm going to get the win. And he did. And in this encounter, Captain America is facing off against a technological opponent who has way less weaponry and overall, I really believe, is less powerful than Iron Man and with no previous battle experience against him. Darth Vader has no idea who Captain America is. To his, you know, Captain America, Darth Vader's going to be like, wow, this Jedi is very powerful. And instead of a lightsaber, he's got a shield, which is weird. I may even underestimate him, but he's not going to realize what he's facing. So here's how I see the fight going. Darth Vader and Captain America face off. Noticing the shield, Vader takes out his lightsaber right away. Captain America uses agility to move it out of the way while still striking Vader. As they fight, Captain America starts taking notes on Vader, realizing he's powerful, but not the fastest nor strongest person he's ever faced, not even close to it. He also notices the breathing sounds coming from Vader, you know, that respirator. Vader, realizing he's facing off against someone more capable and powerful than he anticipated, uses the force to lift Captain America in the air and starts to force choke him. Captain America feels the insane pressure of the choke, tries to fight it off. Realizing he's unable to resist, the, resist that, he throws his shield at Vader, right? Hits him square in the chest. Remember, he's being choked. When you see Darth Vader choke people, can they still use their hands? Yes, what are they doing with their hands? They're grabbing they, their throat. They're grabbing their, exactly, but their hands are still there. Captain America is a seasoned warrior, so he'll be like, oh, oh, wait, he's got breathing problems. Shield, boom, right away, hits him right in the chest, okay? Where I talked about how that happened with a kind of cool encounter with Batman and Captain America. Darth Vader uses the Force now to keep himself alive, and all of a sudden he has no ability to use the Force show, because again, he can't use his telekinesis in big ways on two things, or the Force in a big way in two different things. He's got to keep himself alive now that his breathing apparatus is done. After that, it's all Captain America. He hits him, bounces around, smashes him with the shield, hits him, batters him again. He took out Iron Man. Pretty sure Iron Man's armor is way better than the magnetic boots and the cool pinchy glove 
that I hate saying that because I love Darth Vader. Then the cool stuff that Darth Vader had. Oh, by the way, the night vision, which is going to come in real handy when he's you know Captain America punching his uh, you know head in. <laughs> so with Captain America's set of powers, fighting and tactical abilities, his shield, body armor, and the fact that he has a wealth of knowledge of fighting Iron Man and similar opponents who are way more powerful than Darth Vader, it just makes sense that he's going to win this battle. That's my point number three. And here's the deal. I knew you were going to bring it in this episode. It's not enough, and you're making a lot of just bad points. With that, that Batman versus Darth Vader uh, battle you keep referencing, where was that from again? That was from uh, YouTube. It went to, YouTube. After you buy your membership at Costco, mm-hmm. they also have computers there. If you save up for a while, you can get a computer. So it's not from <laughs> anything in the actual Batman or Darth Vader canon. Then you can buy internet access. It's literally some fan fiction that somebody wrote that you keep quoting as if it's an actual thing that's on the record. There's a thing called YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you right now. So we also talk about Iron Man. And you know what? Iron Man's armor is more powerful than Darth Vader's armor. But the man inside is not. Because Tony Stark is just a guy. And he's a guy with a really messed up heart that needs a pacemaker to stay alive. Where at the same time, Darth Vader is a very potent force user uh, comparing the two to each other. You're confusing Iron Man. Sorry, I, please continue with your point. I will continue you about the Iron Man from MCU in movies? I, I'm just talking about Tony Stark in general. He is not uh, to the level of Darth Vader as far as personal power goes. Actually, he has never been burnt by lava. Go Thank ahead. you. So the other things I just want to say right here to just sort of knock down some of this nonsense is also Darth Vader would never underestimate somebody. We remember the scene in Rogue One where he walked into a hallway with a whole bunch of rebel troops shooting at him. Did he just like dance and like frolic his way through the battle? No, he took care of business. He did the very minimum he needed to in order to stop every shot from coming at him and take out every single person. So if the underestimation is going to happen, he is not going to underestimate a guy who moves and is strong and has the the, the equipment that Captain America has. And then the final point about this is I think Captain America is a better leader than Darth Vader. I think he's more inspiring presence than Darth Vader. If we were going to be doing Captain America and a team of Avengers or a team of S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Darth Vader and a team of Imperials and Stormtroopers, I think Captain America wins that battle based on leadership alone. But this is a one-on-one battle between the two, and this is exactly how it would actually go, is the two would start fighting each other, the lightsaber would be pulled out, Captain America would do his go-to maneuver, throw the shield. He always leads with throw the shield. We've seen it over and over again. The second Darth Vader sees the shield coming at him, force knocks it out of the air, throws it away. Now it's out of the battlefield, and then he just goes to town with similar strength, similar speed. He doesn't even need to use the force choke. He's got a lightsaber. He matches up with Captain America very positively, and he wins this battle. Let's get right to the decision. Hold on. Two, two, two quick points. Number one, I've never heard you talk that fast before. Well said. That was a whole wealth of knowledge in like 30 seconds. Number two, when Captain America fought Magneto, Magneto actually caught the shield midair. It was great because then Captain America used that as a distraction to hit Magneto. With all of that, I actually love your point number three, Ray. I got to tell you, it was awesome. Mike, I don't envy you right now. You, you've heard both sides of this battle. Give us your wisdom. Who do you think wins? And tell us your process. So, you guys put up a great fight. I'm blown away at both of you guys' knowledge of, of these two amazing... Um, anyways, I, I don't even know what you call them. But um, So, first round, Darth Vader, five. Captain America, four. The fact that, you know, Darth Vader... Anyways, let, let's go to the round two, and I'll, and I'll explain everything at the end. Absolutely. Uh, number two, uh, round two, I see uh, Darth Vader at four, and Captain America at five. Wow, excellent. So, so far, you guys are tied. Round three. This is where it comes down to it. This is where it comes down to. I'm a fan of both of you guys. You guys are both amazing. You guys put up a great fight. Great fight. But I see Darth Vader at five. I like where we're going so far. And Captain America at four. Oh, this is hurtful. Darth Vader wins. And, I mean, it just, 
the telekinesis, man. He's going to grab the shield, and he's going to get rid of it, and that's it for you, Captain America. Um, with the lightsaber and um, the strong defense, the barrier, taking the power, you're done for, my friend. Uh, you know what? I, I can't. I, I can't say I agree with your decision. Actually, I agree with your decision. Here's the thing. I do too. Uh, the fact, it's a really the good reason, decision. The reason why I'm good with this is because you just looked at me and called me Captain America, and that just made me feel good. <laughs> you you kind of remind me of <laughs> well, Captain America. Well, thank you. See, this is why you're wise, fight, and this is why, Mr. Darth Vader, you put up a very good fight. Both of you did, but at the end, Darth won. All right. Well, I got to tell you, you know, I feel like as much as I wanted to win this, I do feel like, Ray, I got to tell you, you did a great job repping one of my favorite characters, my favorite Star Wars character. Well done. Let me say right now, and I came into this battle fully expecting you to rep Captain America to the highest he could possibly be repped. And I was hugely disappointed, James. That was an embarrassment. That was one of the worst efforts I've ever seen you put out. You had no chance walking in the door. And I just put the sewer lid on the sewer and kept you down in the slime like I always do. Hashtag Ray is right. Hashtag winning streak. James, you'll get him someday, tiger. Gotcha. This is like this is like the, the Burger King of defenses for Captain America is what But you're unlike the Burger King analogy, I win this one. <laughs> well, okay. Um Wow. All right, Ray. You know what? You want me to bring it? I'm bringing it next time. All right. So you keep saying it and I keep winning. Okay, fair hashtag enough. Hashtag season two. Hashtag who would win. Hashtag fair enough. Hashtag Ray's going to get a visit later tonight when he's not looking. All right. So, Mike, I really appreciate you kind of bringing it. Um, despite your horrible decision, I still think you're awesome. Uh, I'm still a fan. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm actually more of a fan of, of Mike than I am of Shaws of Sunset because, and that's pretty cool because I'm, I'm a huge fan of Shaws of Sunset. Thank you for coming on the show, doing what you do, being awesome. And again, I really think it's true. You walk in here looking like sounding like and just being like uh, the walking talking superhero so you're awesome please tell everyone where they can find you where they can buy your products and experience the greatness of mike well thank you for having me here it's a great pleasure to hang out with both of you you guys are awesome um you can catch my uh, show on bravo sunday nights 9 p.m pacific standard time you can find me on ig at mike showhead which is s-h-o-u-h-e-d and of course my cbd line at asante Dot com, which is au-sante.com. And if you haven't tried CBD, it's absolutely amazing. It's changed my life. You know, we're both, we're both uh, guys that like to get in the ring and fight and, um, you know, just for fun, for sport. And that could be very grueling and it could take a toll on your body. And um, my CBD line has really saved me from a lot of pain, uh, muscle ache, uh, joint problems. And um, I recommend it for anyone that's having any type of issues. Give it a shot. I know it's a taboo subject, but... It's actually helped a lot of people I know that have never tried it before. There's no THC in it, so it's not cannabis. It's, it's just amazing derivative of the cannabis plant. So it doesn't get you high. It just makes you feel good. I, got, I, I love the name because, you know, Ray, I'm going to use your favorite language, French again. Au santé, right? That's to health. Yeah, to health, exactly. That's awesome. And I think, listen, as much as I'm, you know, we were talking about this, don't drink, never done drugs. I do believe in the power of like CBD for the health benefits and what have you. Absolutely, me too. And might I say also in your favorite language, French, Au revoir. That means the river. Ray, please go ahead and tell the audience <laughs> where they can uh, 
you know, find you if uh, one of your five fans would like to find you online? Well, what I would like to say first off is you can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Uh, obviously, you can watch, listen to the Knowing is Half the Podcast, the G.I. Joe recap show. We, we also do 80s and 90s cartoons. We may we haven't plugged them in a while on the show, so I'll go ahead and plug that delightful podcast right now. It is delightful. But in addition, you guys saw what happened here today. You saw my brilliance. You saw James punching at the darkness, and you saw domination. So hashtag domination, hashtag winning streak, hashtag Ray is right. Come visit me at Almighty Ray on Twitter and tell me how great I am. So you're saying people saw the greatness on this podcast. They, they saw the greatness. While it is an audio medium, we paint a vivid picture with words. I, can, I barely believe you can read words. Never mind actually paint But a I know vision. how to use them. That's the important sometimes, part. Sometimes. All right. Uh, you can find me posing my patented question of the day on Twitter at James Gavs. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. And check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our podcast episodes. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash hoodwindshow right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Remember crying when Optimus Prime died? Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode? Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No, different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong! None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! No. And Knowing is Half the Podcast.